on Daf Nun in Yoma today. We are at the bottom of the uh, Amud, uh, last line actually, Tashima, where it says, "Come in here." The Ba'ei Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Elazar, asked the following question. So we're on the same topic still of discussing the. Uh, we know that on Yom Kippur there are two korbanot that the Kohen Gadol brings, uh, the blood of the korban into the Kodesh Hakodeshim, and. Uh, one of them is the Sa'ir that's very, that we know, the, the goat uh, that is represents the entire Jewish people. And one of them is the power of the bull that is for the Kohen and also Echava Kohanim, the Kohen Gadol, and also his brethren, the Kohanim, that he does a confession on it for himself and for all of the Kohanim, right? So the discussion was whether that power of the Kohen Gadol is considered a Korban Yachid. Is it considered an, a personal Korban of the Kohen Gadol? And there are going to be halachic implications of whether it's considered a personal korban or not. And so the conclusion of yesterday was that it's considered korban shutafi. It's considered a part of korban of a partnership. And a korban of a partnership also has different halachot, different parameters than a, than a korban of an individual. But the Gemara has not given up quite on this issue of whether it's an individual korban or not. So that's why it says, the Even according to the view, that uh, that the korban that this this bull that Kohen Gadol brings on Yom Kippur is an individual korban. Can it make a tmura or not? Now we know the halachot of tmura is that you're not supposed to ever make a tmura, but you can. Which means if you take a korban that you say, that you consecrated and you take another animal and you say I want to transfer the sanctity from this korban that I already consecrated onto this other animal and your intent might be that you think you're going to take the holiness away from a korban and put it onto the new animal actually what ends up happening is they both become holy so you end up losing double um, and that's a deterrent obviously you're not supposed to be switching them and manipulating the system so the uh, the korban yachid only an individual korban can make it more like a, a, a communal Korban, you can't make a tmura, and the and the uh, a, a, a korban that's uh, that's owned by a group, you can't make a tmura, or by partners, you can't make a tmura. The idea is that only one that is completely under your control, basically, you consecrated it, so therefore you can try to transfer that kedusha. Now again, you're not supposed to transfer the kedusha, but if you did, so it will have an effect, right? You'll have two. So the question is, will that work with this power? So so the question is, will it make it more or not? Right? So it says that, doesn't that imply that right? The Gemara first asks, doesn't that imply from the fact that his question is framed in that way, his question is framed according to the one that says it's an individual korban, what would the implications be about tamura? Right? So it says, doesn't that imply that there are some people who say it's a communal korban? It says, no, miklal, what it means is that there are some who say that it's a partnership korban. In other words, there are three possibilities. There's something called the korban yachid, which is just an individual. There's something called shutafi, which is a group, more than one person, anything that's two and up. And then there's something called korban tzibur, which doesn't really belong to any specific group. It just belongs to the community. It's communal, right? So it's a, so, the, so according to the Gemara so far, nobody is putting it in that category, that it's a communal korban. And there's a logical reason why, because it doesn't really represent the entire community. It only represents the Kohen Gadol and the Kohanim. The question is whether it's primarily really just the Kohen Gadol, and he's including the Kohanim, or if it is really the Kohanim as a 
group that are responsible for this korban? That's that's the question. Now the Gemara is going to go back to that. Gufa, go back. That's the question. What's the nature of his question? Whether this par, whether if you say that this bull that the Kohen Gadol is offering on Yom Kippur is an individual korban, can he make a tmura from the korban? Not is he allowed to, because we know he's not allowed to. The question is, would he be if he made tried to transfer the holiness from one to the other? Would it be effective? Right. So ibata makdish azlina ibata mitkaper azlina. The real question is going to be, what do we look at in the case of tomorrow? We know that a person, in order to, in order to, for their tomorrow to be effective, okay, not, it's not allowed, but in order for it to be effective, they have to in some way be the owner of this korban, right? They have, it has to belong to them. You can't go to somebody else's korban and do that. The question is, do we look at who consecrated it? And in this case, the person consecrated it was the Kohen Gadol. Or do we look at who benefits from it? Who is the mitkaper? Right? So if you go by the one who consecrated it, then the Kohen Gadol alone is really the owner of the Korban. But if you look at the one who's the recipient of the Kaparat, all of the Kohanim are the recipients of the Kaparat. And, and that means that it's communal or it's a group Korban if you're looking at it from the perspective of the recipient. If you're looking at, at it from the perspective of the consecrator, it's an individual Korban. That could be the whole question. Which one do we look at? Do we look at the person who created the Korban or we look at the person who is benefiting from the Korban? But the Gemara says that can't be the question because everybody agrees that we look at the recipients because the Amrabi Abba Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Abba said the name Rabbi Yochanan the following, a person who consecrates a korban and then he wants to redeem it. So Mosif Chomish, he always has to pay a one-fifth surcharge, which really is a one-fourth, and it becomes one-fifth, it's the whole thing. But, it's a, but basically he has to pay 25% more than whatever it was worth when he consecrated it because he's taking something back, basically. He gave something a bet to Mikdash, now he's giving, taking it back. So Avamit Kaper Osabatmar, and a person who benefits, in other words, even if somebody else consecrated a korban on your behalf, if the korban is made for you to get a kapara, like let's say somebody says, says, you know what, I know that you have to bring a korban chatat, I know that you're, you know, you're, you don't have that much money in the bank, I'm going to help you out, I'm going to buy the korban chatat for you, I consecrated for you, for your korban chatat, this animal, it's yours. Okay, so you are the mitkaper, even though you didn't consecrate it, somebody else consecrated it for you, that's okay. Right, so it says, you have the power to manipulate the sanctity of that korban, which would mean to say that if you said, no, I don't want to, I want to transfer the holiness of this korban onto a different one, of course it will, it will work because it will transfer the Kedushah, but it will keep the original one also Kadosh, so you will end up with two. And let's say a person comes and says, you know, I know you have to separate truma from that produce over there, and I know that it's been a tough year for you, I want to help you out. I had a very abundant crop, I'm going to separate some of my wheat on behalf of your wheat, you know, so you don't have to separate anything else, I'm going to take extra, and it's to be like somebody pay your taxes, basically. He comes, he says, I'm going to pay, I'm going to give it to He's like that, so it says, Tovatana Shelo. He, the one who's giving it gets to choose which Kohen to give it to. You can't say, well, if you're giving it on my behalf, I want you to give it to Joe Cohen, not to Bob Cohen. You can't tell him which one. Shaliach is different. Shaliach, of course, is it. Then you're the only person involved. What's the problem? If you come and ask somebody to come and do it on your behalf, he cannot on what do it on his The, 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 the Truma? Oh, no, this is going about Teruma with yeah. the Resh first. Yes. Tumura, you can't... No, he, right, exactly. Right, I mean, but, that's, but in the case of... T- Teruma, what they're talking about now, so that another person could do it. They could even do it without telling you. They could go and stand next to your grain and say, I'm giving this grain for you. Why, why, why not? But then they get to choose who it goes to. So what do you see? Everybody agrees that whoever is the recipient of this Kedushah, 
of this kapara, rather, of the korban. He's the one that really is the responsible party, right? It belongs to him because he's the one who's going to receive it. So, so that wasn't the question of Rabbi Elazar when he asked whether this is considered an individual korban or not. He must recognize that it's not really an individual korban because this bull that the Kohen Gadol is offering on Yom Kippur is providing atonement for all the Kohanim. Right? Rather, what he said was, This interesting thing. He says, how does it work, the kapara of this par of Yom Kippur? There's two ways it could work. One way that it works is that explicitly, in other words, this korban is being designated both for the atonement of the Kohen Gadol and also for other people, also for the Kohanim. In other words, that is part of the essence of the korban. Kufya means, it's sort of like, a side benefit. It's derch agav, we say. It's like a the Kohen Gadol is getting a kapara and he's sharing the kapara with everyone else. Literally, it means floating. It's like everyone floats along with him because he's elevated and, he's re- and he is getting kapara. He also brings along the other Kohanim. But really, he's the main recipient and he's kind of like sharing that with everybody else. But it's not like they are individual, uh, uh, you know, they individually have a share in the korban. Okay, they don't individually have a share in the korban that we could say it's a partnership korban. He's saying this is going to be such an Im- uh, immense kapara that I share it with all the kohanim, but really they don't have an independent like uh, proprietary rights in the korban because of that. They're just benefiting from the korban, sort of derch agav. It's like a side uh, benefit. Okay, so that's really the question. Okay, now Tashima, come and listen. There's something stricter about a korban than a temurah. We've seen this concept, these concepts before. There's some, certain ways in which a temurah is stricter than a zevach. Now remember, a temurah is a derivative kedusha because it's derivative in a, their advantages and their disadvantages. An advantage to derivative is since the kedusha, the initial consecration, went onto an animal that was a fully vested korban, so you can transfer that kedusha maybe onto another animal that isn't wouldn't normally be worthy of being a korban. Because you're extending it from another thing. We'll see. Now, now a, what is more strict, so to speak? What are the stringencies of an ordinary korban? Because you can have a communal korban. You can have an individual korban. You can't have a communal tmurah because a korban that's a tmurah, can't you can't extend the kedusha to another animal because you don't have the right to do it. You don't have the power to do it. And you can also have an ordinary korban can override Shabbat in some cases. And even if everybody is impure, you could override that. And you can generate a more kedusha. You can generate a tmurah from it. You're not supposed to again, but you could do it. Masha enken bitmurah, which none of these are true of a tmurah. If you have a derivative and an animal that derived its kedusha from another korban because you did this illegal act of the tmurah of extending the kedusha onto it, so you can never have that in a communal setting. It can never override Shabbat. It can never uh, override tumah. You're going to have to offer that korban eventually, but you're not going to offer it in uh, overriding any other rules. That's all, right? And you also can't make another tomorrow. Once you make one tomorrow, that tomorrow number, you know, you, you let's say you had a, a korban olan, you made a tomorrow from it, now you have a, a number two. You can't make a number three from the number two. So that, that won't work. Chomer bitmami bezevach, What's the stringency of a tmurah over a zevach? Shat halal balmum kavua. Even if you, let's say you had a korban olan standing there, and then you have an, an animal that is balmum. It's a, it's an animal that is a, normally it has a defect. It would never be able to be a korban. But you said, I'm transferring the kedusha from this korban onto this. 
it will work. It will make that, that animal become holy, even though you can't offer it, obviously, because of Balmum, but it will give it holiness that it could never have normally had any well, kind of holiness. You just have to leave it. I don't know why the person would do that, but, the, you know, it's a good question. A lot of times the motives, I don't know, but, well, he was hoping he was going to get out of it. He thought he didn't, he didn't ask the rabbi. I don't know. He thought he was going to move it on to that, and then since it has a mum, he'll be able to redeem it, and he'll get his money back. I don't know. He, whatever he thought. But it, it doesn't work. But it will transfer the Kedushan to there. So you can always envision a case, I guess. Also, that even though normally, if you have a, uh, if you have a, uh, a, a, a Balmum that uh, is a, has a serious mum and you redeem it, so, if, or um, if you consecrate, rather, a Balmum, if you consecrate a Korban and then it develops a mum, so it always retains a certain level of Kedushan. Because initially it was a good korban, and then it became defective later. So it never can be lowered. It can only it can be used for meat, but it never loses its total kedusha because once it was a real korban, right? Whereas if you take an actual balmum and you consecrate it, what happens is it gets kedushat damim, which means it's the the value of the of that animal will accrue to the bet hamikdash, but the animal itself never had a chance of being a korban because it had a mum from the beginning, right? Whereas when it comes to the tmura, it doesn't matter what the nature of that animal is. Since the Kedusha already was in a real Korban and you only extended it and derived from it the Kedusha to this. So it doesn't matter that it's a Balmum. It will permanently be uh, in its state of Kedusha and there's nothing you can do about it. Right? Which is not true about a Korban uh, normal Korban. Now, the question is what to what is the normal Korban being mentioned here? Right? So the Gemara is going to assume that it's talking about some normal korban and the derivative of that same korban. So it says, "Hi zeva In other words, everything on the list that it said overrides Shabbat, it overrides Tum'ah, and so on. All those things are talking about a specific korban that the Brayta has in mind. That's what the Gemara is assuming. So if we're talking about an individual, regular, standard individual korban, there. So Where do you ever find that a regular, ordinary individual korban could override Shabbat or override the Tum'ah? You have to wait to not be tamei. You have to wait. To left the Shabbat. Ela de Tibur. Really, we must be talking about there a communal Korban. Right? So, if that's the truth, then how could it make it Tzmura? Because we know in, right, normally communal Korbanot are the ones that override Shabbat and they override Tumad, that if everyone is Tameh, you bring them anyway. But you can't make it Tzmura from that. So, it can't be that the Bright is talking about a communal Korban. And it can't be that the Bright is talking about an individual Korban. Ela lav de par. The only example that we have is that's in the middle, like in the gray area, is the bull of the coin Gadol. Because since it has a fixed time that has to be brought on Yom Kippur, it overrides Shabbat, if Yom Kippur falls on Shabbat, and it overrides Tumah, everybody is Tamei. And it's saying that it can make a Tumah. In other words, what's the only case that meets all of these requirements, that it's something that could override Shabbat, and override uh, Tumah, and also be something that could produce a Tumah, if it was, if you tried to extend the Kedusha, it could only be talking about the uh, the, the power of the Kohen Gadol, and that shows that the power of the Kohen Gadol, he can make a Tmura from it, because that must be what it's talking about. But Amar Rav Sheshet, lo! Not true, says Rav Sheshet. I disagree. There's one other case that you overlooked, one other possibility, which is Be'elo Shel Aaron. It could be talking about the Ram of Aaron. Remember, he always brings, he, in addition to bringing the par, right, he brings the... Uh, uh, it says, He also has to bring Ayel Le'olah, which is added together with the Musafin of the day. It's brought together with the Musafin of the day, but that's an individual, the two individual korbanot that, that, uh, that Aaron brings, or that the Kohen Gadol brings, are the par, the bull that that is the sin offering, that the blood goes into the Kodesh HaKodeshim, and also, Elo Shel Aaron, also he brings a ram. 
Okay, that ram is not part of the things that goes into the Kodesh HaKodeshim, so we don't notice it as much, but it's part of the Musaf. These two are, who's paying for these? So both of them, that's, a, that's the point. Both of them are paid for by Aaron. The difference between the two, yeah, so yeah, it's going to talk about it soon. The difference being that the, the bull is a sin offering that even though Aaron pays for it, he ends up saying a confession on it for all of the Kohanim. So there's a, they get a benefit from it. The ayil, the ram that he brings, Leola, is just for him. It's just on his behalf. It doesn't. So that would be a case where it's clear cut. It's an individual korban because it's just for him. He pays for it himself, and it's offered only for him. And it overrides Shabbat, and it overrides everything because obviously it has a fixed time. So that would be the case of an individual korban that meets all of these restrictions. And therefore, we can still leave it as a question. The bull that he brings, since it gives kapara to a larger group, maybe you can't make it more from it. He doesn't have full proprietary rights over it because it's actually giving a benefit to a larger group. But the ram definitely is only his. So Rav Sheshit says, let's go with the ram. Hachinami Misabat makes more sense that way because the izal kadadach de paro de tmura de par shabbat betumahu de la uh, so it says that it, that it makes more sense to say it's the ram. Why? Because if you're talking about the bull, right? So, and the, and therefore tmura depar uh, when it comes to the uh, uh, to the tmura, because remember it's comparing some korban to the derivative of that korban, right? To the tmura of that korban. Now the tmura of the par shabbat betumahu True that it wouldn't override shabbat if you made a tmura. If the kohen gadol came and took his par and he made a tmura out of it. That Tumorah could not override Shabbat or, or, or Tum'ah, but the implication is you could bring it at all. But everybody agrees that the Tumorah of a Chatat cannot be offered at all. It just has to be left and it eventually dies, right? There's, it can't be offered at all. Because it's Tumorat Chatat. That's one of the cases where if you take a Chatat and you generate a new Chatat from that, you say, I'm making a Tumorat, I'm taking this holiness of this and I'm putting it on this other animal. So what happens to the second animals? You can't have two Chataot for the same sin. You can't ge- generate another Chatat. So what ends up happening is the second Chatat goes to, you know, to nothing, right? To waste. So what does that mean? That means that the Kohen Gadol, if he were, if he were able to transfer the Kedusha of his bull to another animal, that would not produce a Korban that could ever be offered anyway. So why is the Brite saying it can't be offered on Shabbat? It can't be offered in Tum'ah. It can't be offered at all. But if we're talking about the ram of the Kohen Gadol, which is an Ola, that's a burnt offering, so there, if he made a Tum'ah from that, it would be offered as another Ola. That's, so that makes more sense. Right? So the, the Gemara says, No, le'olam paro. No, we're not talking. You're not right. Really, it is talking about the bull of the Kohen Gadol. Umay So what kind of Tmura is it talking about that would be offered, but wouldn't be offered on Shabbat or, or, or uh, in the state of Tumah? Shem Tmura. It's just talking about Tmura in general. In other words, the Gemara is making an interesting shift. It's saying when it talks about a Koban that meets all the requirements, it overrides Shabbat, it overrides Tumah, it could generate a Tmura. It's, it's speaking about a specific Koban. It's speaking specifically about the bull of the Kohen Gadol. But when it's talking about Tmura, it's not talking about the Tmura of that Korban, because the Tmura of that Korban would not meet all of those, requ- all of those requirements. It's just talking about Tmura in general. Right? So it says, So how do you know that when it says, here, when it says the difference between a Korban and a Tmura, maybe it's also just talking about Korbanot in general. How do you know it's talking about a specific Korban? Shem Zevach Lo Katani. It's not talking about a general Korban. How do I know? Me might. Because it gives as one of the things that makes a Tmura unique, 
that you could actually make a Tzmura, you could transfer Kedusha from a pre-existing Korban onto a Balmum Kavua, a totally defective animal. And it will never be able even to be uh, sheared or shorn or to be, uh, or to be, um, uh, to be worked ever. Right? And yet, and if you're going to say it's comparing that to all regular korbanot, it won't work because we do have korbanot that are ordinary korbanot and are not, and would apply even to balmum kavua. For example, let's say you have a mother animal that has its first baby and the baby is a, is a bechor, so it's a male animal, but it has a bal, it's a balmum. It's a full bechor. You can't redeem it. You can't work it. You can't do anything. It just becomes a bechor for life. That's it, right? So that's the uh, that that's the a case where you could have or a maser. You take the animals; they come out one by one, right? Number every number ten is maser. Doesn't matter if it's balmum. Doesn't matter anything. It becomes maser as it walks out. So that's something. It's minashamayim, so to speak. Both of them are minashamayim. You're not really designating it. It's designated by forces outside your control. So that's why. Um, it could be a balmum. So you see, it can't be comparing all korbanot, a generic category of korbanot, to all tmurot, because not all korbanot meet these, uh, really would have that limitation, because there is such a thing as a korban that would be a complete balmum, and yet it could have kedusha, and yet it would never be able to be redeemed, such as a bechor, right? So you could have it. Whereas, what? Right, you have exceptions, you have exceptions. So that's why we know it's not talking about any zevach. It's talking about specific zevach, not any zevach. Okay, El Hashem zevach lo katani, right? Umayishna t'mura, Shem t'mura, achati. Zevach ika bechor vika maser. What's the difference? Why when the Brita wanted to contrast korbanot with t'mura, why does it, when it speaks about Tmura, it speaks in general terms, generic terms, about all Tmurot. And when it speaks about Zevach, it speaks only about a specific Chorban. The answer is because in the case of Zevach, there's distinctions. There's Bechor, there's Maser, there's exceptions. In the case of Tmura, it's all the same. Okay? So therefore, we wanted to pin down which Korban the Tanah had in mind. And we identified that it's talking about either the bull of the Kohen Gadol or the ram of the Kohen Gadol. That was the debate. Now, Rav Sheshet didn't want to say that it was talking about the par. He wanted to say it's talking about the ram of the Kohen Gadol because he didn't want to make a commitment as to whether the par of the Kohen Gadol, whether it was capa- he was able to make a tomorrow out of that. He didn't want to answer that question. He wanted to say that question is debatable. We're, we're going to say that he's talking about the ram. So, look, maybe Pesach. Why didn't he take a much simpler example? He has to go all the way to Yom Kippur and the Kohen Gadol to find an example of a korban of an individual that overrides Shabbat and overrides Tumah. There's a very obvious example, Korban Pesach. Why not just go with the Korban Pesach? Korban Pesach, you can, it, it for sure overrides Shabbat, overrides the laws of Tumah. So what's the problem? So, Kasavar en shochatin et Pesach ala yachid. Because Rav Sheshit couldn't use that example. Because he holds that the Korban Pesach is not really a Korban Yachid. It always requires a minimum of two people. Because remember we learned in, in Masach Mzachim, it always requires a group. So there isn't, it isn't actually an individual Korban. That's why he had to go for the Ram of Aaron. According to him, you are not tough luck. You come and you're the only person. Tough luck. According to him, you wouldn't be able to bring it. Meaning, if everybody is Tamei, they still bring it. Even if... Yeah. What about a Pesach Sheni? Everybody knows Pesach Sheni. could be brought by an individual. That, you don't need a group. You bring Pesach Sheni. 
So it says, so the question is, Pesach Sheni doesn't override Tum'ah. The person ends up Tamei also for Pesach Sheni. He doesn't bring it. That's why he couldn't bring that example. So the only example of an individual Korban that's overriding Shabbat clearly is going to be the ram of the Kohen Gadol. Because the bull of the Kohen Gadol is debatable because maybe really it sort of belongs to the other Kohanim too. So now, Amar Le'ravuna, Breder of Yoshua, Le'ravuna, Rav, one of the sons of Rav Yeshua said to Rav, This is going back to the previous daf. On the previous daf, when it talked about, it was contrasting, it was saying, it's not true that communal korbanot all override Shabbat, and it's not true that individual korbanot all don't override Shabbat. That's what it said on the, the previous daf, we quote it. Right? So it says, why does it call the korban Pesach korban yechid? But when it talks about the Chagiga, which is also a holiday that, that, that you bring on, uh, you bring the Korban Chagiga on the holidays, right? It calls that a Korban, it calls that a Korban Tzibur, communal Korban, even though an individual brings a Korban Chagiga on the holiday, not the, not the Tzibur. And, but it calls Korban Pesach, Korban Tzibur. What's the difference? Maybe you'll say because it comes as in a big group. In other words, everybody comes together. It's on the holiday. Bechinufia means everyone comes, right? Right. Everyone's gathering together in order to bring it because it's on the holiday. Pesach nami at the That's true also with Pesach. Everyone's coming. Everyone we know it's a gigantic crowd. Millions of uh, korbanot are brought on the right. So so why is it not called the korban tzibur? If you're going by, in other words, it's an individual chiyuf, right? It's an obligation of the individual, but it's brought b'tzibur. So that's why it's called korban tzibur. But But since you have the case of Pesach Sheni, which isn't brought with such fanfare because it's not on a holiday, only the individuals that need to bring it, they come and they bring it, but it's not brought by such a large group. So therefore, because it's not brought by such a large group, we can't say Pesach as a category is always a communal korban, meaning that it's always brought by the, with the entire community in attendance, because it's not true about Pesach Sheni. So you're basically saying that Pesach Sheni and Pesach Rishon are in the same category, just that Pesach Sheni is not brought with so much fanfare as Pesach Rishon, but really they're essentially the same. So then So why doesn't Pesach? So then according to that, really Pesach Sheni should also override Shabbat and Tumah. It does override Shabbat, but it should also override Tumah because it's the same as Pesach Rishon. Yes. This is following the opinion that it does override. Ditani will end in a bright. Pesach sheni docheta the Shabbat. Veno docheta tumah. The Tanakhama said Pesach sheni overrides Shabbat, but not tumah. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Av docheta tumah. It even overrides tumah, meaning even though the reason why the person was pushed off from Pesach Rishon was because he was tamei and and he couldn't bring Pesach Rishon, and now he comes to Pesach sheni, he's allowed to bring it even though he's tamei again. So, so what's the right? So it seems strange. So my time at the Tanakama, Amalach mitnei Tumah dechito v'yaseh b'Tumah. The Tanakama will say the whole reason why you delayed him to Pesach Sheni was because he was Tamei. Now you're gonna let him do it b'Tumah anyway. You might as well let him do it the first time. Then what did you accomplish? Right? Rabbi Yehuda Amalecha. Rabbi Yehuda will say Amar Kua kechol chukat a Pesach yasuot over filu b'Tumah that it says like all the laws of Pesach you should do it. Afilu bitum'ah, meaning when the entire community is tamei, they bring it bitum'ah. So it's saying if the person who's bringing Pesach, she, if everyone who's bringing Pesach Sheni is tamei, right? Meaning if the whole community is tamei, they can also bring it bitum'ah, just like Pesach Rishon. In order to be, let me just clarify. So in order to be able to have Pesach Sheni, that means that most of the people in Pesach Rishon were, were tahor. That's why they brought Pesach Rishon 
betara. But the individual was Tamei. Now it comes to the time of Pesach Sheni and all the people bringing Pesach Sheni are Tamei or all the Kohanim are Tamei. Right, so what do oh. you do now? So, the, so it's saying that also all override Tum'ah. So it says, HaTorah hechzira alav la'asoto betara. Lo zacha yasenu betum'ah. The Torah gave him a second chance to try to do it betara, but since it didn't work out, do it betumah. In other words, the first time around, since the right, right, it's saying the first time around he should have brought it betara. He wasn't able to, so he gets pushed off the pesach sheni. But by the second time, the Torah says, "Listen, you, if if the Torah cancels it again because everyone is tamei, so then you're going to miss out. So this time we're going to give you a break. We tried, we gave you a second chance to try to do it betara, didn't work out. So uh, do it betumah that time since everybody turns out to be tamei. So you see that according to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, tumah is also pushed off for Pesach Sheni. But even though it's not, it's not strictly speaking a communal korban because strictly speaking it's individuals who are bringing it, right? Pesach Sheni is also seven days? Or no, no, one day. It's only bringing the sacrifice. No, so no maybe, holiday. Maybe it's pays to do just the Pesach Sheni. <laughs> no, you still have to keep the first Pesach. You still have to keep the first Pesach for Chametz and Matzah. Only the korban you bring. Only the sacrifices. Only the sacrifices. Only the sacrifice. It doesn't help you. What if you didn't have Matzah and this and that? That doesn't help. That doesn't help. Then Pesach Sheni, you keep seven days? No, no. No, only one day still. Wow. Only one day still. So, so now we're going back to the bull of Yom Kippur again. It says it belongs to him. Asher lo. Right? That it belongs to him. He has to bring his own. Right? What? Yeah, so he has to pay for it. Titania, Asher lo, Mishel lo, Mevi. Velo, Mishel Tibor. He doesn't bring it from the community. Yachol lo, Yavi Mishel Tibor, Shena Tibor, Mit Kaprin, Boavad, Yavi Mishel Chabakoanim. Maybe you'll say the Kohen Gadol doesn't bring his own, uh, from his own money. He, meaning he doesn't bring from the communal money. But let's say he wants to go around to the Kohanim and say, look, guys, you're also benefiting from the Korban. Kick in a little bit of money to help me out. No, it says it has to be his own. Maybe he'll say he's not supposed to do that, but if he brought it, it's okay. It says three times it belongs to him. This part has to be his, 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 and he can't even take money from the other Kohanim to finance the Korban. Right? So the, so, uh, meaning, therefore, it seems like it's totally his korban. It's not really their korban at all. Right? According to you, but if the kohanim, if the other kohanim don't have any share in this korban, how could it possibly be that it benefits them? You have to give to get. Like, how could it, how could the kapara, like, Every communal korban, for example, is coming out of the money that the people contributed, the machatzit shekel. Everybody owns, so to speak, a portion of every, a share in every korban, even if it might be a very small share, but they own something. So the kohan, they have to own it. So how could they not own it? So it says the possession, the, 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 the estate, so to speak, of Aaron is different. That the Torah gave it to all the Kohanim. So even though he has to pay for it 100% out of his own money, the Torah gives it to the, uh, to the other Kohanim also. We can say the same thing regarding Tmura. That the Torah basically went ahead and said that this, this Korban belongs to all these Kohanim, even though they didn't pay for it. In other words, you might think that the fact that he's not allowed to collect funds from the Kohanim means they don't have any share in it. What a say do they have in whether this is, a, you know, in, in this Korban and how could they create a Tmura from this Korban? They have no rights in this Korban. The answer is the Torah, even though 
Aaron or the Kohen Gadol has to pay for it 100% from his own pocket, the Torah grants it basically to all of the Kohanim and gives them kapara. It gives them from it, you know, the Torah basically gives it from. And in the same way, it gives them a certain proprietary right in the Koban, which would prevent Aaron from making a Torah out of the Koban. It's not saying definitively that that's the case, but what it's saying is that you can't prove merely from the fact that Aaron has to pay 100% for that Koban, that it's necessarily purely a Koban Yechid. Because it could be that even though he has to pay for it out of his own pocket, the Torah then goes ahead and shares it with the Kohanim and grants them rights in that Koban regardless. And that would mean that they would also be able to prevent Aaron from making a Temurah out of that Koban, even though he paid for it 100% with his own money. So that would be one way of looking at it, as opposed to the way of looking at it that he's bringing it of his own, you know, of his own volition. And he's, you know, somehow because through the fact that he's getting Kaparah, it's shared with all of the Kohanim. It doesn't have to be that way. It could be that the Torah actually grants the Kohanim a certain share in it, and it actually ends up belonging to them in a certain way, even though he has to pay 100% for it. So, we'll continue here tomorrow.